The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. Paul seems to be saying, this understanding of what the gospel is, is the power of God. Like, that's just the basic understanding of verses 16 and 17. This understanding of the power of the gospel, like, The gospel is the power of God, and it is for Jews and Gentiles, meaning it is not for one group of people. It is for all people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole Eunice, and I am your guide and host and sort of fellow spiritual traveler along the way, and I am just delighted to be launching into a new series called Walking with God Romans. Some of you are new to the podcast. You have found us through whatever, an email, social media, a friend, whatever. So I want to make sure that before we get going into this series that we're going to be in all fall, we just all get on the same page about what we're doing here together, what you can expect, how to use this podcast. So I want to give you guys just a few words of encouragement. So we're going to be going through the book of Romans together. We're using something that we call the Alive Method, which is really just a simple Bible study method based on my book called Help My Bible is Alive. And in that book, I just teach the basic tools of how you can use a study Bible. Um, That's a particular kind of Bible, a study Bible and a journal to really experience God, to walk with God through his word. God promises in his word that he will give us comfort, encouragement, direction, that our lives can be built upon his word. And for so many of us, even if we've been in the church for a really long time, we've never really apprehended how to do that for ourselves. We maybe use devotions, we like our pastor's Sunday messages, but we're not in the word ourselves. And so the spirit and the hope of this podcast is to give you those tools to be in God's word, to be in God's word for yourself, not with a devotion, but really with your study notes, with your journal, really discovering, asking questions of the text, understanding what it means for you, what it means for your life. And so what you're going to find here on this podcast is we're going to ask those same four questions every single episode. So the four questions are, what does it say? We're going to look at a passage of scripture and make sure I need to ask questions to understand what is this actually saying? I should be able to restate it in my own words. Like if I'm if I'm tracking with what's happening in the Bible or any any piece of literature, but for our purposes the Bible, if I'm reading a story, if I'm reading a psalm, if I'm reading a letter, I need to know like can I restate what I just read? Oftentimes, it's not our normal language. Um, Many of us, like, we're so affected by this instant gratification culture that we live in. Uh, We're used to reading, like, bite-sized pieces of information that when we go to something that can be a little bit obscure or obtuse, like the Bible, we just are like, we gloss over and we're like, I don't even know what I read. (laughs) Somebody point me to the, like, basic encouragement, right? And we kind of get stuck in our 
uh, devotional life in our daily life with God. We just we we just avoid big pieces of scripture because we don't know what to do with them. So what we're trying to do is first ask the question, what does it say? How do we get curious about the Bible without like losing our minds or losing our faith? We just how do we ask questions about what it's saying and live in the tension that there is some mystery, there is some questions. That's part of the process and that is okay. So we're going to do that together. We're going to ask what does it say? Our second question is always what's the backstory? What's going on? in this passage? What do we need to know about the people who were reading it or the person who wrote it or what we might want to know about the history and the culture around the passage? A lot of times we need to understand more. Um, Sometimes we need to understand more about what's going on in other places in the Bible. As we'll see in the book of Romans, many times Paul is going to be referencing stories and scripture that we may not be familiar with. So it's going to be really hard to get the point if we don't know what he's talking about. And obviously when Paul wrote Romans, he was writing to a specific audience in a specific moment in time in history with specific concerns. And we want to understand that backstory before we go to the next question. And that next question is, what does it mean? What are the principles that we find in a passage that we read? What's the, the real kind of treasure of truth? that is present in a passage. Sometimes it is really easy to discern. Sometimes it takes more work. I like to think of those principles as our working theories. As we grow in our understanding of who God is, we're actually able to develop those theories from God's word about what God is teaching us about himself, what God is teaching us about ourselves, what God is teaching us about the world. And we want to know those things because we have to live in this world together, right? And we got to journey through this world, through the highs and through the lows. And if we can understand, wow, like, what does God want me to know about himself? What does God want me to know about me as a human being? What does God want me to know about the world? Those are the kind of questions that actually really can transform our life. And so that final question, first one was, what does it say? Second one was, what's the backstory? Third one, what does it mean? And the fourth one, what does it mean for me? How is the Spirit of God working in my life right now in whatever my concerns are, whatever my emotions are today, wherever I am living in this crazy world that we are inhabiting? What does God have for me? And oftentimes what God has for us is leading us to worship, leading us to confession, leading us to encouragement, leading us to action. And so we're always going to make sure we're asking that final question. Okay, this is relevant. We're, We're entering into a passage believing it is relevant for our lives. God has brought you here to this moment, to this minute that we are in together for a purpose. He is not going to waste your time. He wants you to know him. He wants to reveal himself to you. And when you show up faithfully to your place of worship, to opening your Bible, to this podcast, to our Facebook group, when you do those things and you're just showing up to say, man, I am here to experience God. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm here to experience God. God is faithful to reveal himself to us. So we enter in. When we enter into a passage, we enter in believing that God wants to reveal something to each and every one of us today. It may not be the same thing, but God is revealing himself to us today. He has decided in his glory and in his majesty that he wants to reveal himself to human beings. And his primary method for doing so is his word, is the Bible. 
So when we open the Bible, we are saying yes to God's primary method of communication. We are saying yes, we are showing up to hear from God in our everyday life, okay? So that's what we're going to be doing if you're new and if you're old here, if you've been around for a while, hey, show yourself. If you've been around for a while, I want to know. I want to say hi. Come join the Facebook group. You can leave me a review on the podcast, whatever. We'd love to know your name. I love reading y'all's reviews and hearing how this has been helpful to you. So I know I've mentioned a couple things about these other kind of structures around this. So you can just listen to this podcast. You can just enter into Romans with us. Maybe you're picking it up for the first time or halfway through the series or whatever. Um, But you can also engage more deeply. We've put together a couple of free resources to just help you engage more deeply in the book of Romans because it is a very deep book. So we've got a weekly email that gives you a reading plan, some questions to consider, some art that connects to the work that we're doing. And we have a Facebook group where you can let our community know what you're learning from God. And believe me, that kind of accountability, like if you just decided, man, I'm going to share a word of encouragement. I like I'm going to share what I'm learning from Romans 1 this week. I'm going to put it in the Facebook group. You will be amazed at how much attention you pay. You like you will pay attention to what you are learning because you are going to want to share a word and believe me, the spirit of God is going to give you an opportunity to share that word with someone else. That's what's incredible when we show up expecting that God has called us to be ambassadors in this world and that he wants to use us as his vessels, as his voice in the world. When we show up like that, we're like, oh gosh, I better pay attention. There's something for me to learn here. There's something for me to share. And the Facebook group is a place where you can do that. You can practice with a warm audience who wants to hear from you, who will encourage you as you are growing in your own faith. So if you want to get involved in any of that stuff, just go to NicoleEunice.com slash Romans. It's in the show notes. That will get you signed up for the Facebook group to get you the reading plan, all that stuff. Totally free. We're not going to send you other stuff. We just want to provide an opportunity for you to go a little bit deeper if you would like. Okay. All right. That is the basics we are going to talk about today. We are going to get right into Romans 1 today, you guys. I've got two passages from Romans 1, three verses that I want us to focus on. Romans 1, verses 16 and 17, and Romans 1, verses 25. I've pulled those out of this really full passage that we'll talk more about in the Facebook group, all that kind of stuff. But again, what we're doing here is we want to we want to understand the book of Romans and we want to know what the book is about. And usually we're going to discover kind of the theme and what the book is really about in the early parts of the book. Um, the author is going to tell us why he's writing, what why he is setting out to do something and to and to share something that we need to know. So what we're going to discover in Romans today is a vision and a problem. Okay. Paul is going to set us up with a vision for why this book, why this letter, why this doctrine, which is a fancy word for saying why we need to understand our faith and our salvation. He sets us up with a vision for how important that is, and then he leaves us with a problem that he'll start addressing in coming chapters. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, 
you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Let me read to you, um, just again, you've heard me mention Paul. Paul's an apostle. Um, that means that he's one of the original kind of uh, founding fathers of the faith. The really interesting thing about Paul is he actually wasn't a disciple who walked with Jesus in his earthly life. So all the other apostles are disciples. We read about them in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're talking about those guys, you know, all these 12 disciples. Thomas is one of them. Peter is one of them. John's one of them. James is one of them. All these guys that walked with Jesus, and they were the the founding fathers of the Christian church, of this movement that was actually called The Way. You can read about that in the book of Acts. And then there's this guy, Paul. And Paul comes on the scene. He is educated as a Jewish uh, rabbi, like sort of underneath Jewish rabbis. He's like this deep thinker, and uh, he is a, is a beautiful writer, and all of these very, very educated guy. And Paul, whose name was Saul at the time, was persecuting Christians. He thought they were completely wrong. They were extremists who had hijacked the Jewish faith and were uh, deserved persecution, deserved execution, deserved arrest. And so Paul, named Saul at the time, was on a mission to get rid of these Christians who had just kind of like taken like the Jewish faith and ruined it with this whole crazy story about this man named Jesus. And as Paul is on his way to persecute even more Christians, he has this miraculous encounter with Jesus. And he's on the road to Damascus. You can read about this in the book of Acts. And he hears a voice from heaven, a huge bright light. And this voice from heaven says, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he asks who is speaking. And he says, I'm, this is Jesus. And Paul is blinded by this experience. And he like gropes his way, you know, as people help him get to this location. And he has this epiphany, this revelation through this miraculous experience where he's like, oh, wait a second. 
is Jesus really the Messiah? Like, remember, Paul is totally educated in the Jewish faith. And we'll hear a lot about that in the book of Romans, because Paul is going to be a guy who understands the Old Testament prophecies about this Messiah, this chosen one who was to come. But the thing is, Jesus didn't really show up the way people thought. And so many people like Paul thought that he was just ruining this Jewish faith and like this crazy man with these crazy followers, um, completely demonic or, you know, whatever. And when he has this experience where Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus, he is changed. He's forever changed. And all of a sudden in that moment, in that experience, he realizes Jesus really is the Messiah and begins to unfold in his ministry. He devotes himself for the rest of his life to spreading the message of Jesus. He realizes this is it. This is the message of salvation. But he had all of that background. He had all of that education. And so what he is able to do and what we see as kind of really the the peace de resistance of, of Paul's um, doctrine of salvation, of understanding of what it means to be a Christian, all comes to bear in this letter to the Romans, where Paul really lays out like a very, very um, deliberate, detailed helpful understanding of what it really means to believe in Jesus, what it really means to apprehend, to take in the gospel. Okay, so let's read Romans 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And then I'm going to skip us ahead and I want to just point out verse 25. We're going to start hearing about a problem. Verses that Those two verses are about a vision, a vision for what the gospel really means. And then Paul sets us up with a problem. He begins to talk about what happened with mankind, what happened with human beings in the midst of this. And it says in verse 25, they, meaning humans, the world, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Okay, so what does it say? Hopefully you will read the whole chapter. And as you read the whole chapter, you will inevitably have questions. You're going to be like, Nicole, what is going on here? We're talking about God's wrath. We're talking about godlessness. We're talking about evil. We got all this stuff. We're talking about sexuality. We got all this stuff going on. And you can write down all of those questions. Please do. We're going to start getting into those in coming chapters. But as you read the chapter, what I want you to remember is a, a basic principle of Bible interpretation is that we interpret the Bible based on things we know to be true about the Bible. And I love that one of the verses that people know more than any other verse, do you know which one I'm going to say? What verse do people know more than any other verse? John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Like we believe, like we start with God so loved the world. So as you read chapter one, we're not going to get into all of it right now. I want you to keep in mind that you know something true from scripture. And that something true is that God loves the world. So as you read about this idea of what's happening in the world, keep that in mind, okay? So first we get in verse 16 and 17, this vision. Okay. So um, what does it say? 
What does it say in verses 16 and 17? It says, hey, there's a gospel and this gospel is righteousness. And this righteousness is by faith. And oh, by the way, this gospel, this righteousness, this living by faith is the power of God for life. Okay. So we get this great vision for why the gospel should matter to us, right? And then in verse 25, we read this stuff about a problem, that there is a problem in the world. And that problem can be summed up in this verse that says that there's been a loss of truth, that somewhere along the way, people have been deceived. And in being deceived, they've actually traded the truth for a lie. And then that verse goes on to tell us what that lie is. And that trading of the truth for the lie is about what we believe is worth worshiping in the world. So again, what does it say? We want to make sure we can restate what it says, okay? So we know we've got a vision in verses 16 and 17 about why this gospel matters. And then in verse 25, we have a problem. We have an understanding of like some problem has developed and that problem has led to people. And by people, guys, I don't mean those people out there away from you. By people, I mean you and me. <laughs> not like I'm not worried about anybody else right now. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. And we are people who have been deceived. We are people who have exchanged truth for a lie. Now, if you've been following Jesus for a long time, you may be able to look back at your BC life, your before Christ life and say, oh my gosh, I remember doing that. Boy, do I remember a time where I worshiped things of the world. You may be on here right now and thinking, am I prone to do that? And guess what, guys? Yeah, we're all prone to do that. We are all prone to do that because we are all living in this world that has a very, very, very strong current that is leading us toward this problem. And the problem is that the truth has been exchanged for a lie. And in that exchange, um, there's been a worship exchange rather than it actually worshiping the one thing that is worth worshiping, the creator, the one who created the world, the one who created you, the one who created me, we've exchanged that truth for a lie and we still have a need to worship. And so because we have a need to worship, we're going to put that worship somewhere. And that worship has gone to created things rather than the creator. So we hear that this is what it is saying to us, okay? Okay, second question, what's the backstory? And I've given you a lot of backstory already about Paul and who he is, but here's the context of Romans. Before we get to these verses, before we get to verse 16, we've got Paul doing ordinary things, like ordinary pastor things. Paul is addressing um, problems of poverty. He's addressing this idea that he's he's gathered up an offering so that he can be generous on behalf of other churches. He's talking about community and how we take care of each other and, and travels that he wants to make and delays that he's had in his travel. And in the midst of all of this ordinary stuff, he breaks out with this detailed doctrinal statement on what really matters. And the reason I want you guys to know that is because a lot of times I think that people, we separate religion. We separate what we understand and what we believe from everyday life. It's like, well, this stuff doesn't really matter to my work today. This stuff doesn't really matter to this email I have to answer. This this stuff doesn't really matter about the bills that need to get paid or the, the confusion I have around my teenager or whatever your everyday concerns are. But the reality is Paul is entering in with some everyday concerns of being a pastor in a church, dealing with everyday stuff. And in the midst of that, he says, hey, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God. 
So our understanding of what is coming as we uh, apply our minds and we uncover some truth in Romans is this actually matters for our everyday life. We don't want to separate doctrine and belief from our everyday reality. What if we chose to see that this great news, this good news of the gospel is 100% relevant to our everyday life. Now, you may not know how it's relevant to your life right now, but I just want to put that out there to you as a vision for what we're doing over these next 16 weeks as we're asking that question, is this relevant to my everyday life? How is my understanding of the gospel relevant to my everyday life? Okay, our third question, what does it mean? What does it mean? What are the principles that we find here? And I've I've pulled some some easy principles for our starting point today in chapter one. And that first easy principle is that Paul seems to be saying this understanding of what the gospel is, is the power of God. Like that's just the basic understanding of verses 16 and 17. This understanding of the power of the gospel, like the gospel is the power of God and it is for Jews and Gentiles, meaning it is not for one group of people. It is for all people. And that can be our theory that we're working with. And I think what we're going to find is that's going to be an umbrella theory that lays over the top of this entire book. Okay. And then the next thing we learn is what we just talked about. What does it mean? Well, in verse 25, what does it mean? It means, man, there's a problem. Like It sounds to me from verse 25, like Paul's setting us up to understand, hey, there's a principle at play here. And that principle at play is that there's a real problem in this world. And this real problem in the world is not about the people out there. It's about Jews and Gentiles alike. It's about all the people. Like It's about the world. And we're about to discover in these coming chapters what that really looks like. So finally, what does it mean for me? Well, my friends, that's what we're going to discover over the next several weeks. I want to ask you this question. What is the power of the gospel in your life? If someone turned to you and asked you, why do you follow Jesus anyway? If someone turned to you and asked you, how are you different than me? If someone turned to you and asked you, what is grace really? What do people mean when they say the gospel? What does it mean to you? That is what's ahead. And I cannot wait to hear what we're going to learn together as we walk with God through the book of Romans. Thanks for being with me today, everyone. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleUnis.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Pure 
tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend, Abby, and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.